Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Okay, Adam, do you like a hopeless future in which there is nothing but war? Surprisingly, yes. Yeah. Are you into a universe that requires daily doses of antidepressants? This one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War, Soul Storm and Winter Assault and Dark Crusade, and that's way too much. That's too much title. <laughs> We're talking about Dawn of War 1. You know, it's myriad of forms. And this was developed by Relic, the guys who did uh, Homeworld. And um, actually, the last the last of them was done by Iron Lore. But anyway, it's been published over time by THQ, I think Sega for a while. These guys, the publishers, have sort of bounced all over the place. It was initially out in September of 2004, and they've released you know various expansions over the years. Uh, it's currently available on Steam. It's a real-time strategy game, and it's like it's Warhammer 40,000. So you know, yeah. Dawn of War had three campaigns. There was the Eldar, which is you know space elves, the Orcs, which are you know, space orcs, and the Space Marines, which are space marines, and you know, then they added an expansion called Winter Assault, which added the Imperial Guard. They added a, a second expansion called Dark Crusade, which ended the, which added the Necrons and the Tau, and then Soulstorm, which added the Sisters of Battle and the Dark Eldar, which are like the coolest name ever if you're a 14 year old boy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's a it's a real time strategy game, but it's it was the first RTS to sort of tinker with the the formula, which is that you can't just turtle up you can't just build a good production you know a good production queue and a a safe base and just stay there it requires you to move because the resource points degrade so that was believe it or not in its day that was kind of a that was an innovation and i really dig these games i've been playing them to death for well since 2004 i actually beta tested the original dawn of war back when that meant something like you had to apply yeah you had to actually apply for it and so if you're ever wondering why turrets are not especially powerful it's because i was one of the people who made the argument to make them less or not powerful but less armor but i helped make the argument that if you want this game to be more mobile you can't have turrets that are this tough to kill and it went back and forth on the forums and they went for it so yeah so what did you think of these games well uh believe it or not farin i uh uh, actually had played all the Dawn of War games prior to this conversation. There you go. I am on uh, Dawn of War Game of Year Edition. Let me just double check my numbers really quickly here. I have 28 and a half hours logged. Oh, okay. um, so I'm I am relatively familiar with with the setting and I'm very familiar with the fact that if you're playing anything other than the orcs, what is wrong with you? You hate all the things that are majestic and wonderful in life. I hate the orcs. Well, 
we already know that you're just you know a strange person but yeah. it's it's a great game uh it really was innovative at its time when it was released it took the warhammer 40k tabletop model and it introduced the concept of cover to rts's i believe yeah. i think that this was the first game that really did that um kind of sort of total annihilation which is probably a game we should do at some point they had elevation okay it was the first game that actually had elevation where you know you could shoot further if you were on top of a hill and that sort of thing but uh i think wasn't cover just dawn of war 2 because i don't really think there's cover in this game i'm, I'm um, pretty sure that you can wind up having partial cover in dawn of war 1 at well, least, if like, you're whenever in, like, you a lake or something but well if you uh, move past something you get a little shield icon underneath your units in any case, yeah, th this game's a little different than most RTSs. This will be out before the Steam sale starts. You're going to see all these for sale. The only thing you need to buy is Soulstorm. Because here's the thing. Dawn of War 1 came out, and it had three RTS campaigns. Pretty standard. It tells a story, but it's a, it's a Warhammer 40k story. So it's, you know, dark people doing dark things to other dark people for dark reasons. <laughs> and then they added Winter Assault, which added another campaign. But then Dark Crusade really did three things that made it you know that made it like a, a really worthwhile purchase and then soulstorm did the same thing so the first thing that dark crusade did is it's standalone you didn't need dawn of war one or the winter assault expansion okay uh you just needed that the second is it instead of making a campaign which was a series of just story missions they made it a replayable campaign where it was about moving around it's sort of like a total war campaign where you get a map and you move your yeah. armies around so you could play that again and again and you could play it you know every time with a different race and the thing that really made it handy is that you got access to all of the races that had come before it so even if like so dark crusade introduced the necron and the tau but you also got the orcs the space marines the eldar and the um the imperial guard and for Soulstorm, they did exactly the same thing again again it was standalone though this time it wasn't made by relic it was done by some group called iron lore they added two new races but you didn't have to own Dark Crusade or Dawn of War 1 and Winter Assault. You got everything. And it had its own replayable campaign. So if, unless you're really into the story-driven campaigns, all you need is Soulstorm. Right. Because you can play it over and over and over again. And every time, you know, every time they introduce a new version of this game, they add new skirmish maps. And you have all of those, uh, to say nothing of, there's a mod out there with a ton of maps you can add. And the only, I think the only the only faction they haven't included is the Tyranids, but there's a there's a mod for that. I've never quite got it working, but there is okay. a mod for the Tyranids out there. And yeah, it's, you know, this game is pretty great because you get, you know, first off, the, the voice works really excellent. Oh, yeah. It, it's almost depressing. Like, no one is happy. This is a universe where no one ever smiles. So... You know, when the, uh, I can never remember what those called, those uh, massive pieces of armor that Space Marines have, the big boxy things on legs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. I don't recall the name of yeah. the Yeah. Um, the idea is it's a Space Marine who's received terrible injuries and has been put in this metal thing so he can serve forever. And mm -hmm. pretty much those are his voice cues. I can serve forever. You know, there is no death for me. Things like that. Really cheerful thoughts. They really get the the feel for all of the different factions in the way that, uh, you know, the, the way you hear the voices and even the interface changes a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, the the Necrons play very different than everyone else. They're saying, you know, the yeah. Necrons are, are space 
they're space Egyptian skeletons is really what yeah, they are. Yeah, they're space um, mummies. They yeah. fly around in giant pyramids. They're yeah, space mummies. And, <laughs> and, and you know, they do things a little differently than others. And, you know, they did a really good job of making this feel like Warhammer 40K. Because it would have been super easy for Relic to make like a Command and Conquer clone mm-hmm. with a slight film of Warhammer 40K yeah. on top. Oh, absolutely. But they didn't. And everything looks super cool. And remember that the miniatures game doesn't have bases. I mean, right. I, you can build bases, but there's no unit called the barracks. It's not, you know, it's a miniatures game, which I used to play quite a bit. I had like 5,000 points in Space Marines at one point, um, which makes it embarrassing that I can't remember the names of half this stuff. It's been <laughs> a long time. But, uh, you know, they, they made sure the buildings looked like they should. And they, you know, it didn't play, like it wasn't a one conversion of the miniatures, but that's okay, because that would, I think, be kind of boring. And, you know, you can... At this point, you can play this game at max detail, even if you don't have a particularly impressive gaming PC. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Like they can't. Um, uh, like this is like this first game came out in September of two thousand four. They actually haven't improved the graphics any. So at this point, you can just dial everything up, but it looks good. Yeah, the gameplay is pretty cool. You know, it's just they did a really good job with this game. And while I can't play it constantly, eh, once every couple years, I rev up Soulstorm, install the camera mod so you can actually zoom out a little more, which is nice. (laughs) Uh, And otherwise, you're right up in everyone's face. Yeah. Um, What is your favorite faction? I'm curious. I mean, you've mentioned it's orcs, but why orcs? I just I love that they are like this silly fun nonsense in the 40k universe now that said i actually wanted to ask you a quick question um i am wholly unfamiliar with 40k lore is there like a good primer like i know that there's a youtube series called i think it's astartes that it's like a a mini doc series that basically details the history of the emperor i think but i'm sure there is you know they've been working on the lore for 40 years and i've tried reading a couple of books and they're awful like you have to embrace (laughs) the utter stupidity of this story yeah um you know a world where they use the skulls of dead humans to build probes because it represents their dedication to an emperor who may or may not have been dead for the last 10,000 years, but is strapped into a throne and continues to rule. Like it's, the idea is, you know, it's a universe that has, that is degraded, right? Like technology has become a religion that the tech masters don't understand. They pray to the spirit of the machine and silly stuff like this. Like it's, you know, really what it was is, is uh, Games Workshop took their Warhammer, which is Fantasy Earth, and right. said, "Let's do it in space," and that's yeah, all it is. Here's in the future. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's it's all very silly. I was never much into the lore, and it's actually what sort of repels me from the game is the iconography. It's just, it's so gross, and like, yeah. there's no good guys. No, there's no, the there's Catholic not. space Nazis versus the undead skeletons versus the fungus. With bad English accents, that's the the, the, <laughs> the, the uh, orcs. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, they're fungus <laughs> versus the the Borg-like technological empire builders of the Tau versus the good elves who are dying and are and are desperate to stop the degradation of their species versus the dark elves who are just like them but have embraced chaos versus the space mar- the chaos space marines who are space marines who signed a pact with the devil essentially versus versus like there are no good guys. Yeah, it's the ultimate dark. 
like the the catch line for 40k is was it in the grim darkness of the far future there's only war and every time i see that all i hear is in the grim darkness of the dark dark there's only dark like i <laughs> i could just imagine get like starting your job at like games workshop being met by the hr guy like in a black cloak <laughs> welcome yeah this is your floor we call it the palace of doom you know and you walk in and it's all black paint on the walls and come to our employee barbecue this weekend in the pit of despair there will be hot dogs and a bouncy castle like it's just they're so ridiculously grim you got to sort of wonder whether these guys are all in desperate need of counseling but it's so over the top you can't help but laugh yeah, it, it, I mean, it seems all very self-aware of the fact that it is so incredibly over the top. Like, there's no there's no subtlety to it. It's no. all just like, let's make the most just chaotic, nonsense, depressing, dark space opera that we can and, and yeah. just run with it. And I, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Oh, it no, seems it's not to... in earnest, too. Yeah. Like they're, they're not winking at you. No. They it know seems... it's dark, and so they dial it up dark. Oh yeah, um, I like cranked up to eleven. Yeah, it, and the 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 campaigns reflect that mm-hmm. in Dawn of War and in Dawn of War Two and in Dawn of War Three, which is the story of the Blood Ravens, ra- the Blood Ravens Space Marine chapter. And you know, by Dawn of War Two, you know, my chapter has been destroyed and I have been tossed by the Emperor, and now I seek blood revenge on the evil. Blah blah blah. Like it's just, it's endlessly, it's it's dark. How can we make it darker? No, no darker it's it's ridiculous but it's fun yeah and you know what the it seems very much like the fan base has wholly embraced it every once in a while scroll through reddit and i'll find you know the the grim dank subreddit which is the the (laughs) yeah the the memes of of 40k and it's all very much like the emperor's alive what are you talking about no don't question it and just etc etc Um, but going back to it, I yeah, I just I love the orcs because they're silly and it's it's nonsense and it makes me smile when yeah. they're just yelling about big kabooms and yeah. shouldering giant rocket launchers. Yeah, and if you like that in an RTS format, go buy Soulstorm mm-hmm. and enjoy the campaign. I mean, there's like at this point, there's like eight or nine different species. They all play very differently, and you know you can play the same campaign as each and every one so you'll get your money's worth i checked the game is like 14 bucks canadian and and next you know next month is the steam sale so it'll be like six bucks and you know you don't need dawn of war one or winter assault or dark crusade unless you are enamored with story driven campaigns but that's still only gonna last you four or five hours each you know just by soulstorm and you're good to go right because that's the point of it it's it's sort of they wanted to make the one game you can get and get all of Dawn of War. Um, and it's funny because for this, I play Dawn of War 2 and I play Dawn of War 3. Dawn of War 2 is essentially Company of Heroes within the Grimdark universe. And Dawn of War 3 is a mixture of Dawn of War 1 and Dawn of War 2, which pleased exactly no one, and they abandoned the game. They didn't. <laughs> they did. I'm, I'm not kidding. They actually abandoned it. They canceled the DLC and walked away. Um, I didn't even know it's not was a good a... game. Find the trailer. It's very cool cinematic trailer. It's worth mm. looking at. But that's it. That's all okay. that's good. Hmm, uh, and Dawn of War 2, I know you played a lot of that, but meh, not my thing. I always go back to Dawn of War 1. Well, Dawn know. of War 2... Uh, I don't even see my playtime for Dawn of War 2. I, I think that I probably played it offline when, the, when I didn't have internet connection, but yep. I've definitely logged some hours into it. I'm sure that I've logged more on Dawn of War 1 and then Dark Crusade and Soulstorm and like Winter yep. Assault. Yeah, I can see those. 
I've still got a good few hours in them, but I think that I played through Dawn of War 2 and its two DLCs, Chaos Rising and Retribution, once, and then just kind of let it be. I found I didn't even like it. I mean, it's pretty. It's gorgeous. They're all mm. gorgeous games. But I just, meh, I, I'm very happy with Dawn of War 1. I don't care that it's 2004 graphics. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And it looks like little models running around on the screen and slaughtering each other. And the blood is insane. And, yeah. you know, watching the big mech orc grabbing a uh, uh, a space marine and shake him like a maraca. <laughs> and the blood spraying everywhere. And then the corpse just lies there. It's hard not to look at that and go, oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's and again because it's a you know it's a 17 year old game you can crank the details up to maximum though i do recommend uh turning down the uh corpse permanency otherwise you start to be able to not see the landscape because <laughs> of the piles of corpses but uh yeah so go buy this game are you gonna are you gonna i assume you're going back to play more of it at some point I, yeah you know at some point i'm sure I'll, I'll download it again i'm pretty sure that the last time i played this was you know, when I when I bought them, I'm pretty sure that I got all of the Warhammer 40k Dawn of War 1 games and then all the Dawn of War 2 and its DLC in like a humble bundle at some point in time. Yeah. Um, and I, I probably got them and played through them and then didn't really particularly look at them again. But yeah. they're always in my library. So if I ever get a wild hair to play an RTS again, I'll probably go back and play them. I mean, you know how much of an RTS guy I am to begin with. Oh, yeah, but... totally. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. So there it is. There it is. All right, Farron, we have just come back from the grim, dark future where the dark darks the dark. Now, are you ready for further darkness as we explore a town full of depressed people and wander through endless mines full of inhuman monsters? Do I get to crush their souls and use their skulls for floating probes? No, but you do Aww. get to mine some stuff on your way down. Oh, goody! Let's do that then. All right, <laughs> let's get into Stardew Valley. So, All right. The the perfect balance here we're talking about stardew valley which was developed by concerned ape uh also known by his you know normal human name as eric barone is also published primarily almost entirely by concerned ape and uh with some minor help on the development end by chucklefish oh. so okay. this one dude created this entire game uh wow. and he entirely self-published it except for the mobile uh mobile ports okay he got a little bit of help uh, from Chucklefish, like I said, on uh, ports for the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, the Switch, the Vita, and the iOS and Android ports, but he did the Windows, Mac, and Linux releases. He right. put this put this out in, on February 26, 2016, originally. Everything, everything in this game, from the programming, to the art, to the music, to the scripting, everything was Eric Barone. He okay. entirely built this game from the ground up because he basically wanted to start it as this small little indie project to build his bona fides coming out of school with a computer science degree so he could get a job right. with a uh, game development company. And it just spiraled out of control. And 
there's a, an excellent book that I've not yet read, but I've heard very good things about called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, where... It, I've heard of this. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, a large portion of it is dedicated to Concerned Ape talking about, like, just living with his girlfriend who was entirely supporting him, working, you know, 10, 12-hour days, just grinding out this game for years. I think starting in, like, 2011, he put five years into this thing before the initial release. Okay. This game has had constant feature updates, constant patching, all throughout the history of the life of this game, and it has never had any more paid DLC. It's, it's a one-time buy. It's gotten multiplayer support. It's had its crafting and recipe system and just everything expanded out so unbelievably far. It's an absolute passion project for this guy. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so let's let's talk about this game. What did you think of your first experiences with Stardew Valley? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> so it starts off with that intro with the grandfather. Mm-hmm lying on his deathbed and on the wall in the background there's like this religious symbol but he didn't want to offend anyone so he invented a religious symbol but it looks surprisingly like the symbol used by Gilead from The Handmaid's Tale oh really and of course with the sword mounted on the mantle I assumed that he was a that granddad was a veteran of the sons of Jacob's takeover of the United States so I assumed I was in Gilead and decided that my mission in this game would be to punish the sinful and unbelievers with my hoe but apparently you can't kill the villagers even though they're evil whores who show off their ankles and necks I was very disappointed but assumed that the entire game took place in Gilead I I've discovered since this may not be the appropriate approach to this game and I'm somewhat disappointed. But other than that, it was kind of neat. Um, I I called my I called my farm Sleepy Hollow and put it in the scary night place. Of course um, you did. Because of course I did, yeah. And sort of cleared a field and started planting stuff. Uh, wandered into town. Turns out you can't get drunk at the local pub at 9 a.m. And that's some bullshit right there. So I went back home and went and got a drink from the fridge and waited for it to be night and got killed by a bat or knocked out by a bat. And I went, okay, well, and that was kind of it. Um, it's, you know, it's funny because I've played games like this before. Like I, there's a game out there I really want to do called Per Aspera, okay. which is kind of a, a resource management game, but it takes place on Mars. Um, you know, there's there's uh, Satisfactory and Factorio and uh, yeah. Anno 2205, which is we're absolutely doing it someday. You know, these games where it, there's no combat, it's just, well, I mean, I guess there can be, but it's mostly about creating a world for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like them. And this strikes me as like an, an, any, an SNES era game. Like, I kind of wonder whether I could have used my SNES USB pad for it. Maybe. There's Probably. not a whole lot of buttons. Yeah, I can't say that I really dug it, but yeah. no, no, you know, pun not intended. But it, it's neat, but I'm not sure it's my thing. But That's it's fair. Good looking, and everything about it plays super, super well. Even if I can't be an agent of Gilead, which is disappointing. But yeah, like I'm guessing you play this a lot. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't say that I've played it a lot. I've owned it since. I mean, I've put a good amount of time into it, um, and I'll go on sprees where I'll just like, oh, this is the game that I'm playing for the next two weeks. I think I've put like 50, 60 hours into the game. All right. Um, and it's just, I really enjoy it because it's it's charming and it's beautiful. It's fun to play around in. It has that just 
delight of being able to plant something and take care of it and wait for that harvest to come around and see how much you made off of it. Uh, it's got this really fantastic interpersonal system where you wind up becoming friends with a lot of the townsfolk. You really develop out that relationship with all of them. You can get married. You wind up having kids down the road and you, you buy more houses or you buy more buildings for your farm and you get animals and you develop different fields and you can wind up having like a meadery that you wind up building or farm mushrooms or just there, there's yeah. so many just different wonderful ways to play this game. So this um, is essentially not Animal Crossing. Like it's it's, it's I same mean, sort of feel because that's what Animal Crossing is, isn't it? Like you build your own stuff, like you build you, your own life. Okay. Yeah, you, Animal Crossing, you kind of build your own life and you you develop out a town. Um, but okay. it's that's more about like paying down your mortgage and interacting with the villagers and <laughs> developing town projects. Like you're you're the mayor of a town, so it's it's build out this bustling community and design your home. Right. Okay. Um, this is more in the vein of Harvest Moon, which uh, I believe was, I think the original Harvest Moon was an SNES title. I think so. I've never played them, to be honest, but I, knew, mm -hmm. I certainly know of them. But it, it's very much a spiritual successor to the Harvest Moon series where okay. you you, know, you farm, you you meet the townspeople, you meet people, you get married, you go fishing, you, you know, you just, you are a farmer. Oh. And it, even in this, it's got this, these secondary stories where there's a big definitely not walmart entity that's trying to take over the town and some like they're just over in the corner and there are some townsfolk that work there and people go there for groceries and you can choose to either restore the old um community center in town or you can wind up turning it over to not walmart and letting them turn it into a warehouse which reduces their prices mm -hmm. or you get little gifts from these strange woodland creatures that inhabit the the old community center and you help rebuild it and reset it for the community All right. uh, it it's just so cool it's it's so much fun yeah i get the impression this is a sort of game where you buy it and you sort of jump in and it becomes like a nightly thing oh i've got to put in a couple of hours in stardew valley tonight because i'm i want to do this or i want to develop that it's mm -hmm. in some ways it kind of feels like the sims sort of kind of like it's sort of a yeah this is about life. It's not about defeating the enemy. You know, yep. you're not destroying a star destroyer. Maybe it's an expansion I haven't heard of. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, you're not uh, defeating the evil space Nazi Catholics uh, or, or space skeletons. It's just, it's a chill game about building a life. And I, those sorts of games fascinate me. One day I'll find one that, you know, I, I get into uh, mm -hmm. that I really dig. I'm not sure it's this one, but man, is it good looking and, and it's cool. Yeah, you know? it's like you said it's a really cool game and it is very very chill uh the most most exciting portion of it is when you start adventuring in the mines and you join the adventurers guild and you start wandering down it's like this infinite dungeon huh. and it's it's not exactly insane combat it's not the point of the game the point of the game is just to have a bunch of different activities that you can mm -hmm. go and do and so yeah you've got this infinite mine that you can descend the floors of and That's just sweet. press on further and further and then you come back out and maybe you get the bus station repaired so you can hop on the bus so you can go to a different portion of land and like go to go to i think it's the desert you can wind up going to or you clear out a quarry which has got a bunch of rocks in it for you to mine and then there's the the town events that happen and there's a there's a town calendar and it says okay next week we've got the uh the egg festival and it's easter and everybody you have to bring something to contribute to like this community potluck stew oh wow 
And yeah, it's it's so endearing and such a sweet story. That said, though, there are some very surprisingly dark moments in it as well. There's people struggling with addiction. There's a person dealing with mental health issues towards the end of their life. Uh, There's kids trying to grow up and determine who they are in the world. Uh, Like, yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. I cannot recommend this game highly enough. So if you played Assassin's Creed, but you didn't like the Assassin stuff, you just like building up your villa and improving <laughs> stuff like this is for you. Like if you liked Assassin's Creed 2, you wanted to improve the uh, the family villa or Assassin's Creed 3 and you're building your, your, your homestead. It's like that, but with like way less killing and science fiction crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, more sure. or less. Cool. No, it, it, it sounds like a neat idea that I, I, I'm definitely going to try again. I want to take another swing at this. How much time have you poured into this? I think Steam says that I've put somewhere around 50-ish hours into it. Let me see here. Their counts never work right. No, I, it says that I've played 52.1 hours. If I were to guess, it would probably be around 100-ish hours that I've put okay. into this game. Yeah, because if you're um, offline, it won't count them. And it's yeah, yeah. The, Steam's, the Steam count is is a good you know, squint your eyes, turn your head to the left and guess sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. But I that's I think that's it for me. I mean, I'm always going to keep this game around and it'll always it's it's a very small game. So yep. it's not a hard thing to just download and just get right back into with absolutely no no worries whatsoever. And you think you're probably going to give her another swing at some point here? At some point, you know, I, I do appreciate the fact that it's low. You know, it's it's low res. It doesn't require a powerful computer. It's small. We're seeing a lot of these games. We've talked about a bunch of them like uh, Domina or uh, Punch Club or, mm-hmm. you know, these sorts of games where, you know, these programmers know they're not going to make a triple A hundred million dollar budget game that'll sell five million copies. They just they want to make something small and simple, and sometimes those games are the best. I mean, Stardew Valley I know has a huge following, yes, and there's a reason for that. He's earned it because he had one specific thing he wanted to do, and he did it. And he says, "I want to add something," because it fits with that vision, and he did it. He didn't have to do a uh, focus group. You know, he didn't take this DLC and, and run it through a focus group and come out with something generic, right? This is not focus group. This is him. And this is what he wants. And if you like it, great. If not, there's 20 other games out there for you. I find we do a lot of those games. And I think that's great. Yeah. And, and this is another one. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this is just fantastic in my estimate. So there it cool. is. There it is.